everybody, and welcome to another Radio Vice Online podcast, because it's Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Today's podcast features Jonathan Honig, hedge fund manager and financial, financial analyst for Fox Business, and um, Jazz Shaw from Weekend Editor of Hot Air on ufology. He's a ufologist. And Congress looking into UFOs now. That's how far we've come. That Congress is looking into it. Jazz is going to talk about that. I'm going to ask him a question about, are they walking among us? Some people are speculating now. You might think that's a little bit too far out. Generally, he deals with what's the here and now. As opposed to speculating about crazy stuff like that. This was one of the articles that actually got me crazy. This is from Fox News. This is what Joe Biden tweeted about is the economy right now. Don't move it, please. Okay. Today, thanks to an economic, the economy had stalled and COVID was out of control. Today, thanks to an economic, the economic plan and the back. His op-eds, President Biden making some bold claims on Twitter yesterday. He tweeted this. At the time I took office about 16 months ago, the economy had stalled and COVID was out of control. Today, thanks to an economic, the economic plan and the vaccination plan that my administration put into action, America has achieved the most robust recovery in modern history. Most robust economy in history. Recovery, I'm sorry. That was Maria Bartiromo from Fox Business. Here is what Dagan McDowell had to say about what Joe Biden said. I respect conservative... The wrong one. That's not Dagan. That's, that's Joe Biden. Joe Biden wishes he was as smart as Dagan. Here's what Dagan had to say about Biden saying it was most robust recovery. What, modern history? 40-year high inflation wages when adjusting for that inflation are falling, lowering our standard of living, making people poor. And then you've had gasoline prices and diesel prices, but gas prices specifically have more than doubled since Joe Biden took office. I will just say what I said to Lee in the commercial break. What is he talking about? He's, this administration is better off just saying nothing. And by the way, I was sitting at my desk and I did the numbers. The economy still hasn't recovered all the jobs lost during the shutdown at the very beginning of the pandemic. Jane, you do all the shopping. You fill up the cars with gas, too. Tell me, do you feel like we're recovering? It's a robust recovery. Who's Jane? Jane is you. Oh, really? Yes. Do you feel like it's a robust recovery? Who's Jane? Jane, you're Jane. I am? You better be. I don't need anybody telling me what's going on. I can see it on a daily basis. And oh, we're going to call you Josh Shaw now. What do you want to hear? No, no, for 15. You have for 15, 15 minutes. What I want to hear is, do you feel like we're in the middle of a robust recovery or not? We have plenty of time to take phone calls on this, too. Our phone line is 860-996-0500.
That's open eight six zero nine nine six zero three zero eight. Nine nine six zero three zero eight. Do you feel like we're in the middle of a robust recovery, Jane? Are we in the middle of a robust recovery? Well, you tell me. You're the one that does all the shopping, and you're in contact with most people who do that kind of stuff. Not me. What do most people feel? Do they feel like we're in the middle of a robust recovery? Totally. Help me out here. No. Why not? Are you mad all of a sudden? What did I do? Well, the background looks great, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks beautiful. Good job. By the way, the new background is courtesy of Jane and her daughter, Emily. Emily put the shelves up, and Jane put the stuff on the shelves, including some of my awards. And the flag is from the aircraft unit. That's the uh, aircraft, uh, Air National Guard aircraft repair unit that went to Afghanistan and went to uh, Iraq. That's because we did this great story down there, there, and we did it live for w, on WTIC when I had the radio show back in the days when I had that radio show. We did some great stuff, remotes all over the place. That was when we did a remote on the people who were doing repair on Black Hawk helicopters. These soldiers put their lives on the line, keep helicopters flying, even in sandstorms. And they were getting ready to deploy. It was a great story. And we also well, were there alive when one soldier re-opted. They take that oath of office to pledge their time and life essentially to the United States Army, or in this case, United States Army, Connecticut Army Guard unit. That was a great moment, too, and I want to thank the chief and the others for bestowing that flag on me. That's what the flag is, and we have a number of books up there, including your best-selling book, Chain, which, again, I went to Amazon to make sure it was officially classified as a bestseller, and it is on their bestseller list. So, <laughs> So Amazon calls it bestseller. You're a best-selling author. How does that feel, Jane? You'll have to do something on inflation now. Why? Do we have people in the chat room? Yeah. Any questions that I'm, not, that I'm missing here? Um. Anybody have any questions? You got to tell me whether or not you, you guys think that. Oh, you wanted to get, I wanted to get into the reportables this soon. Well, we can, though. This is where Biden said that all Trump people were this. Who's to accept the will of the people? MAGA Republicans don't have a clue about the power of women. Trump and the extreme MAGA Republicans have made their choice. Extreme MAGA Republicans, and he called this semi-fascist. This coming from the, the party that gave us uh, physical threats on Supreme Court justices. That wasn't coming from Republicans. It's kind of like, I think, uh, calling Trump supporters semi-fascists. It's a little bit like Hillary Clinton's basket of deplorables. All right, I'm going to have a spiel. Go ahead. I don't know if I had it last week, but I'm going to have it today. My kids started school last Wednesday. I don't care about 
your spiel. You're going to have it for the rest of the um, hour. Um, my daughter texted me um, after going to school on Wednesday. Um, that's Jazz. Not, not oh, Jazz yet. No, it's, it's over here. It's Sam. Okay, I have to finish my spiel. Um, she had. Um, can she hear us? Yes, she can. Um, my daughter was approached with pronoun. I didn't even know what it meant. Um, and she got all pissed off because um, she's got hair down her butt. She's got. She's a girl. Do you, can you not tell what I'm? What I am? Can you not tell what I am? Do I have to identify what I am? So we have these idiots approaching my children uh, with pronoun. You don't even know how to sew a button back onto what your What were they approaching shirt. her with the pronoun? They, wanted her, they were teaching her a lesson on pronouns? Is that it? They were asking her if she was a girl or a boy. She was pissed off. <laughs> When did she answer? Hopefully she answered. gave the right answer. She was pissed off. If that ever happens again, I'm, you know, I'm going to be in trouble with the principal. Sam, she said, can't you see I'm a girl, right? That's what she said. I have the text. Can't you tell I'm a girl? I'm a girl. And if you're not a girl, you're not in my house. Because you're a girl, you're a girl, you're a girl. That's it. Sorry for everybody Sam, that, I'm, that I'm that I'm uh, insulting, but that was insult to my daughter. How about that? A little off topic too. Yeah, but it's insulting, don't you think? It is insulting. Well, there are ideas for sure. Okay. Well, you know what it is. Bad Sam. It's it's pure outright evil. This place. This our United States. We are sitting here and allowing these people to turn everything. We're up. not. I'm not. The more I don't. We back I will off, not. The more they're gonna do it. I will not, and I don't, and I will not, and I will well, be good, in trouble. Now listen, listen to me. Yes, ma'am. Don't yell at them. Don't say no bad words. You just look at them and say, it really makes me want to cry to see how confused you are. Um, <laughs> um, because if you get mad and yell, sweetheart, it's not going to well, well, that's, that's what, what women do, does. unfortunately. I uh, know, it, but this the frustration. old enough to know that don't work. <laughs> um, you want to get somewhere? Actually, sometimes it does. Uh, I know, honey. Sometimes it does. But when you got an idiot like that, you're going to have to use a different approach because they're confused. They've been taught this mess, and it is evil. So what you do with evil is you look at it in the eye, and, and you have good thoughts and feel bad for this person because they have been so bamboozled that it's awful what these people have done to you, these young people. Feel compassion for him, honey. Do that, please, honey. No, I do. I do. I do. I feel compassionate about people that are confused. I, I have compassion. But um, Sam, do you feel like we're in a re economic recovery? Let me do that really fast. Ask the that question. <laughs> oh, he's trying to change the topic. Um, yeah. Isn't he smart? <laughs> Probably a good thing. <laughs> Why? No, I have well, two. Because... I have two little girls that I'm. That I'm concerned about, um, and they're trying to teach them about 
BS. Um, let's well, put it politically. Pull correct. them out of that place, honey. Um, it's, it's, it's it's them and, put them, and put them where? It's public school, Sam. I have to take care of this one over here. I can't take care of my kids going back and forth. Don't y'all know anybody that y'all can hire with a group of mothers to teach your children so you can get about your business and help these people out that maybe lost a job and organize yourself so your children can keep learning from sane people and and get them away from that evil honey you're just going to have to Sam you're going to lose your mind sweetheart I'm going to lose my money as well I have been in front of board of education asking them why they're hiring people on based on uh gender based on color, color. um based <laughs> on whatever not on their ability to teach yeah I've been there and I I I have been not not speaking like I'm speaking over here. I have been trying to comp- uh, compose myself. I was trying to be, and I think I was pretty good. I was not. I was not perfect, sugar. I was not screeching. But you know what? These assholes. I said that. Uh, they sit there with the smirk, the, the smirk on their face, and it doesn't seem to do much. Well, you know, we are in a war. Yes, we are. We're in a, we're in a war between good and evil. Well, well that's always been. We're the good, they're the evil. We're the right, we they're the left. We have to defeat these people the Hi. best way we can. Do you know and what? pouring do you know, compassion on these idiots is the worst thing we could do to them. Do you know what sinister means? Sinister, yes. It's left. <laughs> That's actually, that's actually Latin for left. It, it is. It is left. That's what it means. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, as I told Jim a long time ago, always fish out of the right side of the boat, and that means more than more more than what you think it does. What What did your stepfather tell you about eating in a restaurant? Oh, my father always said, always order from the right side of the menu, Sam. He said, when you go out to be polite, go order from the right side of the menu, not the left side of the menu. Because, Sam, when you look down the menu, what's on the right side? The prices. Prices. Prices, exactly. So that's my step. I never understood as a boy what he meant by that. I had no idea. I thought he meant the right page. Or there was like, If you had four pages in a menu, make sure you order from the right page. Or the page on the right. So I had no idea what he meant. But what he meant was make sure when you order, take the price into consideration, not what you want there to you eat. Go. Isn't isn't that interesting? Um, when you when you uh, when you grow up, when you get older, and when you get through the lessons of life, that you learn what your parents and your grandparents and everybody what, what they meant. You know, it's the most amazing thing when it hits you. Suddenly it hits you. It's like, gosh, they sure got smart since I was 21. <laughs> I, was amazed. I was amazed exactly how smart they became. <laughs> My stepfather built an empire, um, a construction empire, and he did it by being tough. When I went into business for myself, he told me to get a job because he said, you are not tough enough to run a business. Then he told me some amazing <laughs> stories on how he collected on his bills. In other words, when people asked him to build something, how he collected, because some of them never wanted to pay him after he had finished the job. Sam, 
Oh, go right. At least get yeah. half up front. Say, when I'm half done, give me the other half. <laughs> Can you hear me? He was, yeah. He was Italian. <laughs> we we got to go. We got to get going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Kill him with kindness, sweetheart. Yeah. Love y'all. Yeah. I tell my children, when they tell me I love you, I say I love you too sometimes. Um, so... <laughs> All right. We gotta get going here. We'll talk to you. Uh, hold on, hold on. There we go. All right, Sam, love you. There is a hearing in Congress on UFOs and uh, making it easier for people to be able to report on UFOs instead of being embarrassed. And okay, here, you gotta call him. What, wait a second. Here's what Congress had to say about it. I wanted to play this as an introduction. You're getting late. How about wreckage? Uh, have we come across any wreckage of any kind of um, object that has now been examined by you? The UAP task force doesn't have any wreckage that isn't uh, explainable, that, that isn't consistent with being of terrestrial origin. Do we have any sensors underwater uh, to uh, now. detect on submerged yeah, UAP? That was your line. I, I left it in there just for you, but you're well, did you, did so just much. play it when he's on. You gotta call him. Hello? Jazz, it's Jim and Jane Vicefitch. How you doing, buddy? Good, thanks. We having a good time? Yeah, good as can be expected, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> What's the matter? Do you want to just call back another day? No, that's fine. Jazz, I wanted to ask you about the congressional hearings uh, that took place on an unidentified aerial phenomenon, they call it now, UAPs. And listen, this is one of the people who's, one of the uh, senators, or sorry, congressmen, asking a question of the esteemed uh, guests. Here's listen to the question. I want to get your comment on this. How about wreckage? Uh, have we come across any wreckage of any kind of um, object that has now been examined by you? The UAP task force doesn't have any wreckage that isn't uh, explainable, that, that isn't consistent with being of terrestrial origin. Do we have any? Is that a lie, uh, Jazz? We we don't know if it's a lie, but the word the answer was very carefully worded. Mm. He said the UAP task force doesn't have any. That was very carefully worded, if you notice. And from all the reports we've heard from other sources who claim, and I do not know for a fact this is true, by the way, it's still very much in debate, but there's a document called the Wilson Davis Memo that was read into the record during those hearings where Admiral Tom Wilson had told a scientist named Eric Davis, that he had discovered evidence of programs doing exactly that, but he was shut out and he wasn't allowed to go and ask about them because they were very deep. And supposedly, they weren't even in the hands of the U.S. government. They're in the hands of the military-industrial complex. They are in the hands of private companies that have contracts, very secretive contracts, with the Defense Department. We're talking about Lockheed Martin, things like that. People trying to so, do reverse engineering? Right. 
And that's where allegedly the reverse engineering has been going on. If they've been successful or not, who knows? I don't know that, but keep in mind during the hearings under oath, all they said was the task force doesn't have it. The task force, even to this day, even though it has a new name now has like seven people. Okay. <laughs> they, they run on a relatively shoestring budget. Were you surprised they, that Congress was holding hearings on this? Um, I was pleasantly surprised they decided to hold hearings, but the two witnesses they got for the first one were not impressive. They did not seem well-informed. Uh, if they were well-informed, I'm not sure they were entirely forthcoming. But that's what we have. But we have very good reason to believe there are some more public hearings coming up. I'm going to play a little bit more of that person and that soundbite in a second, but I want to reintroduce you if I can. Jazz Shaw is the weekend editor of HotAir.com, one of the leading conservative blogs in the country. It used to be called Video Blogs, but now it's just considered a conservative blog. Jazz is also a well-known ufologist. I don't know, you can't call them ufologists anymore. Now it's apiologists, right? No, it's still ufologists. That's... Uh... Uh, a lot of people are refusing to go along with the UAP thing. That That's a name that the government came up with because they thought if you said UFO, it sounded crazy, so they wanted a new name that wouldn't sound as crazy. Well, They're not already supposed to say UAP, but we don't all do that. Let me play the rest of your butt this bite and get your comment on it. There's underwater uh, to... Uh, oh, that, that was it. Do you have any sensors underwater? His answer is very interesting. ...that isn't uh, explainable, that, that isn't consistent with being of terrestrial origin. Do we have any sensors underwater uh, to um, detect on submerged UAPs, uh, anything that is in the ocean or in the seas? So I think uh, that would be more appropriately addressed in closed session, sir. Okay. Um, that, uh, Jazz, I think that's more appropriately addressed in closed se session. They apparently don't want that publicly known or something. What, what's your take on that answer, Jazz? Well, having served in the Navy myself back in the day and watched all this go on, the stuff that goes on underwater typically, by, by definition, plays into both our submarine force and the sensors that we have, and it's well known, we have sensors in the North Atlantic, in the Eastern Atlantic, out in the Pacific, to monitor the movement of all the subs, everything that goes on. That's all very, very sensitive. It's all very secret. They don't say where those sensors are or what they pick up. Um, you can get radar data if you request it through FOIA for things that are in the air. If you ask for stuff that's picked up on sonar, it's almost all classified, even if it's just whales. Jazz, They're very. I'm, yep. so, I'm sorry for interrupting, but the only reason I continued with that bite is because I wanted you to respond to his answer. This is actually Jane's topic. Jane, go ahead and talk to Jazz about the underwater It's not sightings. my topic. I'm um, talking about the uh, findings. I forget which, which state the, the girl drowned in a car. Do you remember? Or did you see I'm not sure which story you're talking about. No, I'm sorry. Uh, there was a girl that um, that was missing. Um, she uh, she um, was missing uh, in a car in a lake. Um, the state police was uh, uh, whatever police was looking for her for two weeks. Uh, within two, 30 minutes actually, two guys found her by um, uh, I don't know what the uh, fishing um, 
equipment is, but they found her. They, I mean, obviously she was dead, but they found the missing vehicle with the girl inside within 30 minutes. So um, okay. you have um, so you have um, equipment that is um, available, and you have people that are equipped and um, able to do things like that. Um, so, do you know what I'm getting at? Um, I, I'm going to take a guess. Um, yes. I, I'm not familiar with the specific case, but I've heard other cases like that. If you're talking about a lake, yeah. even a big lake that might be a couple hundred feet deep, if you go out with a boat that even has, like, we we have fishing boats at the camp that my family sonar, has. Sonar, right? Is it, it's a sonar? Yeah, it, it's a sonar system. It, it's good for a limited range, and you can get shapes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what they're talking about with the UAP stuff, mm-hmm. it's well known, and it's been in place for a long time. At the bottom of. Hang on one second. Okay, this is getting a little Sorry. annoying. Uh, no, I'm, no, I, no, jazz, no, please no, don't no. go. Don't go. I apologize. That was a future guest. They were calling in. They interrupted okay, us. Okay. Okay. Go, go ahead, jazz, jazz. Go. Yeah, unlike a, a fishing sonar on a lake, we have sensors that are dropped down in the bottoms of the ocean. Many cases, thousands and thousands Thousands of feet down. And those sensors aren't broadcasting anything you can hear. They're just listening. They're listening sensors. And they're very classified because you don't want the location of those to get out because they're listening for submarines from other countries so they can be aware and keep track of what's going on. Mm -hmm. So I do think in that case, for the question you played, that it's not unreasonable to say if you want to talk about under <laughs> excuse me sorry um, underwater sensors that 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 is something that's classified generally for legitimate reasons. Now, with that said, mm-hmm. I worked with the sonar operators in the Navy back when I was in the Navy, and they did pick up things that were known as what are called fast movers. And it used to be a joke back in the 70s and 80s. People would laugh, oh, you got another fast mover. Because they would pick up a series of blips that would look like something was moving at an impossible speed. But they would assume it was just an error in the equipment, and they were picking up one thing here, another thing there, another thing there. And the, and the system would string it together and go, oh, I found this in three places, so I'll make a line. And it must have been going you know, 400 miles an hour, and nothing made by man can go 400 miles an hour okay. under the water. I'll ask you a stupid question. It's a stupid question. Um, have you ever seen the uh, the squids and all the... Um, um, and now they are... Belie- they, they believe that they are the... Um, what, what are they called? The, the big squids? The giant squids. Yeah. Um, have you Have you seen them move? I, I've seen them on TV. I've seen uh, videos of dead ones that wash up on the beach. Right. I've never seen a, a giant squid in real life. No, I've I, seen I've some never, pretty amazing sea creatures uh, when I was in the Navy, but I never saw a giant squid, no. But, but you don't think they're that quick? Because they're pretty quick. Oh, I, they absolutely are giant squid. I mean, they, they've got dead no, no, bodies. No, 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 quick, quick. They're quick. 
They're fast. Oh no, they're no, they're not quick. No, they're, they're not, not quick like not that. that fast. The the fastest sea creature is yeah. the black sail fin. It the has what? been measured the black sail fin. Um, what is that? It's a fish. It's uh, it's it's there's several classes of sailfin fish. They're the fastest fish in the ocean over short periods oh, of time. Does it have a sail on its on its back? Yeah, it has a big sail on its okay. back, okay. and it has a long, like a spear, pointy nose. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. And what it is. Th- they're the fastest fish, and over very very short periods. Uh, distances, they have been measured doing almost 70 miles an hour, which is really quick. And that's faster than any submarine that's ever been built by man. But it's still way, way slower than the fast movers that have been recorded. That's what you measured. Um, Oh, my God. Well, um, I don't like open waters (laughs) for a reason. My daughter... um, my daughter was uh, being dragged into a, um, we have a, a pond next to our house, and she was being dragged in into, uh, what, what is the uh, freshwater barracuda? Freshwater barracuda? She was a pike. You were pike, thinking. it's a pike. It's, it's, it's oh, a, pike, yeah. Yeah. But, I well, she, pike. She, was, yeah. she was bitten in her leg and being dragged under the water. That's a big pike. Um. It was a baby pike, actually. Thank God. But, um, yeah, um, it's like you, you never know what's in the water. I don't like going in the open waters. I'm sorry. I just believe that they are in there. We, we've discussed that before. You, you well, as a sailor, I'll tell you, don't ever sign up for the Navy because <laughs> open water is what you do. We, we've seen all sorts of crap out when I was in the Navy. I, I saw a sea monster once, and I have no idea to this day what the what hell it was. See? It was just a huge thing that came down the side of our ship, and it was got at least 50 feet long. It had a big fin on it sticking up the top of the water, and it went by the ship, and then it disappeared and went down. I assume it was some sort of a really big species of, like, a killer whale or something, maybe. But at the time, my buddies and I were out there on the deck staying and watch, and we watched this thing go by, and we were like, oh, my God, that's a sea monster, you know. But I think it was totally natural. You know, it's just there's really big things out there in the water. So when you're you know, when you're at sea, the uh, your eyes can play tricks on you. Is that what you're saying? Well, you you expect to see the unexpected. I mean, I, just for everybody listening, I'll just tell you, we have complete maps of the entire surface of the moon. We have complete maps of the entire surface of Mars because of the because of the satellites we have mapping up there. We have better maps of the moon and Mars than we have of the, the bottom ocean. of the Earth's oceans. We have no idea what's down and the in a ocean, lot of our... And the ocean is bigger than the uh, dry land, isn't it? It's, three, it's 75% of the, of the planet, yeah. Mm. Three-quarters of the planet, we have no idea what's on the bottom. Yeah, but we, we, we have, don't know. We have to save the water. Anyways, <laughs> talking about, the, you know, protecting the planet. Um Anyways, um, Josh, we, um, oh my God, jazz. we over, uh, jazz, I, I keep, I'm terrible with jazz. Jazz, Josh, whatever. It no, works. no, Jazz, I'm terrible with names. I'm horrible. But you are wonderful. I love having conversation with you. Um, and we're going to have to get going because we have. That's okay. I already talked to him. We've been talking by text. Introduce him wait. again. 
um, Jasha's weekend editor of HotAir.com. The best, the best. And a well-known UFOlogist. Jazz, what was your takeaway from the hearings, the congressional hearings? Uh, my takeaway from the hearings was wait and see. Um, there was very little information put forward that anybody who's been following the subject didn't already know. The questions that were asked were um, the only ones that were probing got pushed off in the classified portion. But recently, Kristen Gillibrand and several other uh, members of both the House and the Senate have put in new language in the next authorization bill that's coming up that has remarkable things coming, and there's no opposition to it. They are offering protection uh, to whistleblowers who want to come forward and talk about any of these things. Instead of labeling them as nuts, right? Well, the opposite of that, they won't, they won't lose their security clearances, they won't be fired, they won't be prosecuted uh, if they do things like that. And uh, there are a few more surprise witnesses coming that we've talked to that I can't talk about yet. But there are people who work with Chris Mellon and others, and they know about programs that have been going on that nobody's heard about yet. And I will predict to your audience right now that either this fall or at the latest early winter, you are going to be hearing some bombshell stuff coming out because really? there are, yeah, there are people who have been working on the inside who were never allowed to talk. And now that they've been offered immunity, there are at least three of them that people in our network have spoken to who have said, yeah, they're going to come out and talk because they won't be prosecuted. So I, I think there, there's some big news coming on this subject. It's going to be in the fall or maybe in January, February, it depends, because there's, there's so much other stuff going on with the government. You know, there's, there's a lot of disasters they're dealing with. But uh, there's, there's a lot of members in the House and the Senate who are deadly serious about this, and they want to get this work done. And are you serious the because it could be a threat to our security? Well, it, there's the potential. I mean, always, if you don't know what's out there in the airspace or even under the water, or even in space near your facilities and you can't identify it, that's a concern. Um, there are several pilots who have come forward recently and testified that they were within less than 50 feet of having a mid-air collision with something they couldn't identify. So it's not national security. That's a flight safety hazard. And that's a concern. And the government has to be concerned about that. So these are the things they're going to be talking about. So, Stay tuned, because I, I guarantee you, as positive as I can possibly be, and people who are far more on the inside than me have said, there's big things coming. You're not going to be waiting very long. It's going to yes, be Yes, I know you got to go. We've taken up too much of your time, but I do have to ask you one quick question. Um, Jen and I watched a movie the other night called I Am Number Four about them walking amongst us. Are there, are there theories out there that aliens are, in fact, taking our human form and walking We've amongst us? we talked about it. We have talked about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with the theory. I've never heard anybody on the record, close to officials, talking about... You're, you're talking about, like, a hybrid program where yes. they're intermixing. This, that uh, we don't know, but... You should you should watch this movie because there is a um, the movie is about good aliens that just want want to blend and aliens Bad that aliens. want to invade planets. You know how it is. 
Well, we don't we don't even know if it's aliens yet. It could be something else. It could be extraterrestrial artificial intelligence, just like you know, pre-programmed drones and things like that. There's there, there's other theories, but there are a lot of people out there who claim they've had interactions, direct interactions. They've been abducted, things like that, and we still don't have a lot of hard data on that. Right now, we're focusing mostly on hard data about the craft and where they've been seen and what their capabilities are. I think that's step one. I think we need to establish that before we move on to those other questions. Um, Jess, we have to get you back soon, but we got to get going. I can talk all night about this. This is absolutely, this is absolutely fascinating. So um, thank you so much for giving us your time. I'm sorry. And my I, pleasure. I hope you can come on uh, very soon. Let me know. Always my pleasure. Okay, Jazz. Thank you. Jazz, everybody. Don't know the apologist. And weekend editor of hotair.com. Thank you, Jazz. You're the best. Take care. Okay, Take you care. too. Bye. Okay. Um, um, I didn't realize he was. Uh, I didn't realize he was in Navy. You never told me that. Sorry, I should have. Let's get him on the line right now. Who? Joining us on the hotline right now is uh, a uh, financial commentator on oh. Fox News and also runs a hedge fund, Jonathan Honig. That's going to be my least favorite topic. I could talk about aliens all night. Hi, it's Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan. Jim and Jane Vicich, thank you for the extra time. I appreciate it. My least favorite no, topic, no sir. <laughs> oh, great to be with you both. No, I said this is my least favorite topic. But <laughs> I, want to play, I want to play something for you and get, see if I can get you to comment on it. This is sure. Maria Bartiromo talking about reading a tweet by President Biden. Welcome back. Well, just like his op-eds, President Biden making some bold claims on Twitter yesterday. He tweeted this. At the time I took office about 16 months ago, the economy had stalled and COVID was out of control. Today, thanks to an economic, the economic plan and the vaccination plan that my administration put into action, America has achieved the most robust recovery in modern history. Most robust economy in modern history. And here's what Dagan McDowell, Fox, you know her, I know you know her. Here's what Dagan had to say. She never holds back. 40-year high inflation, wages when adjusting for that inflation are falling, lowering our standard of living, making people poor. And then you've had gasoline prices and diesel prices, but gas prices specifically have more than doubled since Joe Biden took office. I will just say what I said to Lee in the commercial break. What is he talking about? He's, this administration is better off just saying nothing. And by the way, I was sitting at my desk and I did the numbers. The economy. She is. Okay, okay. She doesn't hold back. Go ahead, okay. Jonathan. So, what's your take on President Biden saying this is the most robust recovery we've ever had in the history of mankind? Reminds yeah. me, it reminds me of that old saying, folks. Uh, don't pee on my head and tell me it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you're not taking golden showers. Sorry, you know. No, no, just that idea. I mean, I get look, it. Most most Americans have known uh, what most economists are just now figuring out is that 
The economy is in a recession. It's been in a recession for some time. I don't think that is exclusively Joe Biden's uh, fault, but certainly his policies have only exacerbated the problem. Programs like, you know, his so-called Inflation Creation Act. Oh, wait a minute. Inflation Reduction. But it actually is an Inflation Creation Act. I mean, all the government spending, all the stimulus and largesse that was put out during the stimulus, that's exactly what we're paying for right now. And, you know, Dagan is absolutely right. I mean, the inflation is an equivalent to getting a an 8% tax hike on every American every year. Now, no politician would ever do that. But that's exactly what they've done by creating all this inflation, all this spending. So, you know, Joe Biden is, is uh, optimistic. I applaud that. But his policies are pushing us in exactly the wrong direction. Joe, so you would not Joe, call this the most robust economy in the history uh, of mankind. Uh, excuse me, both of you. Joe Biden is out of his mind, first of all. Um, he's out of his mind. He's, he, <laughs> you want to call it optimistic. He's crazy. Sure, you are stuck on stupid. I'll say this too. Is he, he is ignorant. And most politicians are about what is the source of wealth creation. I mean, the source of wealth creation is not government spending. It's not low interest rates. It's not natural resources. It's creative, profit-seeing, entrepreneurial capitalists who put up the seed money for things that ultimately become Amgen, who take the risk on something that ultimately becomes Apple or Microsoft. And everything the government's doing to helping, and the, the so-called help, and the inflation is the best example. All that help is making it more difficult for young people to get jobs, to start businesses, to create the new economy that's going to power jobs and, and, and the country forward. And uh, as far as it being a robust economy, you would say that's absolutely not true. Well, I mean, I take the, it. The, mar- the markets this year, and this is a data point I just picked up from Bespoke, the markets this year are actually the worst market in 50 years. You know, I'm a stock investor over at Capitalist. Uh, you know, when you account, and I'm a, this is my business over at CapitalistPig.com. I mean, yes, it is. when you account for the stock market and the bond market, and keep in mind, you know, Interest rates have absolutely soared, even beyond what the Fed has done, just the market's expectations of inflation and just interest rate hikes. So people have lost 20, you know, 15, 20% this year in so-called safe government bonds. So there's no such thing as a free lunch. Milton Friedman said that, and we're paying for all that government spending now in all of our pocketbooks and investment accounts. Jonathan, um, the... Um when I when I go somewhere and um, people are running for office and they're you know for for you go to Republican fundraisers yeah, is I where do. you went to yes I do uh, even though meet I'm the not, candidate I'm not Republican so you, but you went to a, she went to but, a meet the candidate event but but um when they're telling me what's going on I freaking know what's going on God damn it I <laughs> see it every goddamn day what are you gonna do about it There is no answer. There is no answer. I'm sorry I'm being frank, but come on. In other words, the point is is that they're great at telling us what the problem is, but these candidates don't tell us what the solution is because they don't want to know what the solution is. What is the solution to these high prices, to inflation? Get rid of Biden. What's ahead of us? What's ahead of us? No, I mean, look, I I wish it was something as simple as get rid of Biden. I mean, what needs to change? (laughs) are the ideas, because if it's not Biden, it's going to be someone else. And frankly, you know, President Trump added a tremendous amount of debt 
Um, many have estimated on equivalent to what Obama had added. So President Trump and the Republicans have been anything but cost cutters or, or uh, uh, reformers of the entitlement state. I mean, listen, the, the, the 70s inflation started in the late 1960s, and it was only curtailed not only by Reagan's tax cuts, but also by Jimmy Carter's deregulation. Remember, Jimmy Carter, with all of his terrible policies, actually deregulated it. air travel, uh, interstate uh, um, uh, trucking and, you know, stock commissions. So that was a tremendous boost to the economy. If Biden or any other economy uh, uh, a politician wants to do something, they would have to do what, at least these days, they're never going to do. Deregulate, cut government spending, and let the next generation of Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, and entrepreneurs build jobs and build the future economy. But they're going in the opposite So direction. in other words, have government back out of interfering with business. Yeah, I mean, all the, the two billion or five, you know, whatever they want to spend, where does that come from? I mean, it doesn't, if they would that, you think it comes out of thin air, but it, you know, think it, of it, it comes just, out of your pocket, but uh, wasn't, uh, that, wasn't that what um, 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 uh, Trump was trying to do? And he was trying to cut it? He was trying to well, get rid I, of all those bureaucrats and all those um, suckers? Well, you know, in terms of spending, uh, you know, as I recall, Trump was not, in fact, as I said, I think the debt climbed demonstrably. You know, there are promises to eliminate the debt that climbed demonstrably under Trump. And, you know, as I said, it, what's lost here is just that idea of where wealth comes from. Wealth does not come from consumption. You know, w when you consume something, it's gone. It's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's it just makes it, it just makes your belly and butt reason, bigger. The liberals never understand that, Jonathan. They think wealth comes from spending. You create money, you create wealth by spending more money, in particular the taxpayers' right. money. And, and and you know, Jim, think about it. Those billions of dollars. I mean, you know, Jeff Bezos started Amazon with one million dollars in the late 1990s. And I think 25 or 30 people, he had to beg for money. So think about it, how many new businesses, how many jobs, how much wealth could be created if it wasn't put in the hands of government bureaucrats, but in the shrewd Americans who actually made it, who earned it, who know how to create business, who know how to create wealth. I mean, you know, what, remember we used to make fun of Solyndra? This was Obama's green energy debacle. We're going back. That was a waste of hundreds of millions. We're going back now for Solyndra times... 300, uh, not learning from history and thus, you know, inevitably destined to repeat it with right. terrible economic consequences. So I'm going to interrupt you. So with the um, stupid uh, China virus, that's what I call it because that's what I do. Um, we had small businesses to close. We had small businesses that had to close down. And now we have, we never had so many people begging on a street Um, in Glastonbury, where we live, um, because people just decided not to work anymore because they are being sponsored by your pocket, my pocket, his pocket, everybody's pocket, right? Mm -hmm. Taxpayer dollars. Well, here's yeah. another example, Jonathan. Um, the student loan forgiveness which it's estimated is going to cost every taxpayer an average of $2,000 in taxpayer money. Here's a, a socialist, oh, yeah, we Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren, on student loan forgiveness. You know, um, I think a yeah. lot about fairness, and I think about how education debt is different from other debt. I look at it this way. 
I wanted to be a public school teacher from the time I was in second grade. My daddy ended up as a janitor, and there was no money for me to go to college. But I found a public university that cost $50 a semester. And for a price I could pay for on a part-time waitressing job, I finished a four-year diploma. I became a special education teacher, and it opened a million yeah, doors for me. Special. That yes, opportunity is. is not out there today for any of our kids. Our public education system is no longer creating opportunities for kids like me and other kids whose families can't afford to write a check. Instead, we're saying to these young people, you've got to get an education. Seriously, Jonathan, it's the taxpayer's fault because we didn't put more money into public college. That's why student loans are out of control, because of taxpayers. Only a socialist thinks that way. I mean, there's such an appeal to emotion there. But the fact is, is you know, why has the cost of education, I mean, I, I object to the very notion of public education, but why has the cost of education gone up at multiples and multiples of everything else, even as the quality has gone down? And, of course, because it's been dominated by government. In fact, when education really started to get higher in price was in 1980 after Jimmy Carter created the Department of Education. The more government's been involved with it, and you know we see this a very ugly spectacle. It's made it's kind of made fun of, but you know uh, individuals graduating with hundred thousand dollars in debt and degrees in something like you know gender studies or sexual proclivities of the nineteen thirties or something that really has no tangible value. So when government dominates an industry, when it dominates a sector, it in effect ruins the sector. And that's exactly what they've done with healthcare and now education as well. So, um, um, can can I ask you a question? I just looked up a um, loan. Um, what do you call it? Um, loan. Ah, it was thirty-seven thousand dollars. Is it thirty-seven? Oh, the average loan for college. Thank you. Uh, average, average. Average loan. Is it thirty-seven thousand dollars per semester, or is it? Per year, or what is it? Um, my guess is that's per year. Um, yeah, okay. really nice. so and then you go up, and then you go two thousand dollars for um, interest. Um, okay, that's that's a lot of money, I would say. Um, screw college. I Jane is one of those people who doesn't believe in college. I don't want kids. my kids to go to college. She's a big believer in trade school. There are all communists running these. Um, Colleges. Colleges. Um, I, I just, I just, if, if my kids want to get further education after they go get some um, trade, after they get something used. Sure, some, some real world experience. I, and the I, irony is so, ma- so many of the top companies now smartly don't require college degrees. You know, they, they are interested, even places like Google, I mean, places where people make real money, they're interested in, in, in young people who have portfolios, who have so, you know, the, the whole world, except for government, is moving away from this model of four years of kind of a, oftentimes escapist frivolity uh, in which you're handed no great job prospects, no education, and a huge bill at the end. So I'm, I'm with you. And there's been so many studies that most college degrees, unless you're going into an engineering or specialized field, are simply not good investments. That's what I That's thought. That's my business. That's what I yep. thought, unless you want to be a um, – in my – one of my daughters has a mouth on her, so I said you should be a lawyer. 
Um, the other one um, has a talent for doing. They both have culinary talent. talent. One's they, a great. No, chef. no, 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 no. She's not gonna go to culinary because that's that's a hard trade. But um, they both have talents. They are both very capable, and um, I, I just don't want them to put in a somewhere where um, they're gonna have access to drugs and alcohol and um, just partying and do nothing and and be educated in in marxism i don't want that yeah i mean my my experience and i'm speaking a little bit out of my area of expertise but even when interviewing young people for uh internships or scholarships i'm involved with is oftentimes the more prestigious the university the more corrupted the mm -hmm. mind mm -hmm. yep. uh, and it's so young people at you know of community color are not prestigious who are the most ambitious. They're probably the, most, the bestest. Yeah. Yeah. They, they really want in there and they're not just in coasting on some, um, you know, something that is ultimately not really beneficial to their knowledge. They, they're really hungry. So, you know, I, I think it's a tough time to be a student, however, because, you know, the economy is very uh, uh, weak. I think mm. it's getting weaker quite quickly and quite dramatically. And, you know, I don't think we've frankly really seen the shock yet. I mean, the shock oh, no. last time around was, you know, March of 2008. You know, we had the markets down 30, 40% from their highs. And Are you predicting a market crash? Well, what's, what's even worse than a market crash is uh, what they remember in the, I know you weren't alive in the 1970s, but they used to call it, the, you know, the, that malaise, you know, a, an 8, yep. 10, 12 year period. I mean, in 1980, the stock market was still where it was in the late 1960s. So think about that. You had a decade plus of just stagnant economy, multi-year uh, uh, interest rates, and that's, that's really my fear. I'm not a Cassandra, but I think given what's happening in Washington, I mean, they created the inflation. They're the ones slowing the economy, and they're not reversing those actions. So I think now's the time as an investor. You have to be very cautious and very shrewd. Is it time to be in cash and get out of equities? Well, the unfortunate point is, is that when you're in cash, you're losing money by definition. That's true. Right? You because are. Even with interest rates higher, I mean, very simply, you don't have to be a warden economist. You know, if inflation's running at eight percent and you're making two percent pre-tax, you're losing seven and a half percent a year. So this is what's so insidious about inflation. There's there's nowhere to hide. I mean, even gold, surprising to most people, is down pretty sharply this year, and that could be because of the dollar. I mean, there are always a lot of factors, but in inflation, it's just government stealing money. They stole it, they spent it, and now we're all, as as they said, there's no free lunch, so now we're all having to pay for it in nearly every way. Jonathan, can I ask one quick question? Um, I'm always happy to speak. So any, okay. Anything you'd like. Sure. Um, when it comes to the student loan forgiveness, CNN interviewed a small business owner who has a number of loans himself. And here's what he had to say. This is from CNN. We have done the sacrifices and no vacations and no out to eats. And, and now I'm on the other side. The reason it upsets me so much is are we setting a good example? It's a little upsetting that... We kept paying and struggled and through everything, and then other people just gave up and quit, and, and I wasn't raised to, to quit. 
What do you say to Brian and others who say that this is really not fair, that a student loan is just one kind of debt and there are other people who don't have that but have other struggles that the government isn't helping them with? So uh, there was a small businessman who said, I'm upset at not only what you're teaching these kids, but why you're forgiving their loans and not my loans, because I played by the rules. They are not playing by the rules. Jonathan, what do you have to say about that? Not only fundamentally unfair, uh, as was pointed out, and you have individuals who took those obligations seriously. They took them on knowledgeably, as all these uh, 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 folks should have. And it is so fundamentally unfair to have to steal from people who, in effect, played by the rules to give to people. I mean, that's true Marxism, right, from each according to his ability to each according to his need. And what worries me is that moral hazard, which was exactly pointed out. I mean, we've got gas, we've got the uh, energy prices on the rise. So how often before the expectation is, well, these individuals can't pay their food, they can't pay their rent. So thus, all of us have to chip in and and, uh, 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 pay to cover them. And that's, you know, Jane lived under that, John. That's the way uh, yes. Jane lived. Jo- Jonathan, I know. made I made analogy today. Um, you either want to own a house and you want to run it, and you will have to pay for it, and you will have to um, not only perfect it, but you will have to fix it, um, or you want to live in an apartment building and call on an on a uh, landlord all the time. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you understand what I mean? I think I do. Yeah, I mean it's um, it's, it's, you, it's um, you wanna you wanna have your freedom, but you're gonna have to pay for it. Are you gonna pay out of your butt uh, for whatever because you're gonna be paying taxes and but you're gonna have somebody taking care of you, which would be the government, right? <laughs> well, you know, you you can't count on anything from the government. I mean, think about something like... Well, that's, you know, uh, that's, what, that's why you're going sure. to make a bet on a good landlord or bad landlord. So you yes, can be yes. in a oh, good yes. so, so, uh, socialist country or bad socialist country. That's well, what the, I was the, trying to make. Um, that's what I was trying to say. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the, this notion, I, one of my books is called A New Textbook of Americanism kind of gets back to the original founding principles of this country, which was not to manage the economy or control people's spending or tax them into oblivion, but to leave people free to trade, create, profit, and produce. And that's, you know, the the most prosperous era in this country's history happened before the social safety net, before the uh, minimum wage, before all the government spending and uh, domination of the economy. So, um, you know, there's no limit on how much wealth can be created. Uh, everyone can be significantly more uh, free and thus more wealthy. But well, um, yep, freedom means wealth. Well, the thing is, um, the opportunity to create wealth. The, bi- anyway. the bigger the government gets, the poorer the, the, the people get. People yeah, get. Absolutely. And and that's where we. That's what you lived we, under. We came. We came from England for a reason, right? Um, or from other countries for a reason. So if America, uh, uh, Jonathan, we're gonna have to let you go. We, uh, I, oh my God, we overstayed your welcome. 
Um, no, I was really happy to speak with you both. You are such great voices for liberty, and I'm always uh, revved up and inspired. Oh, my God. You are, you are so wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, Jonathan Hornig, everybody, owner of CapitalistPig.com. Uh, Capitalist Pig is a hedge fund. If you have that kind of money to invest, give Jonathan a call. It's located in Chicago. Jonathan is also a economic analyst for Fox Business, in he, particular Neil Cavuto. I was not looking for this conversation about money, but you know what? You're, you make it very, very interesting. Thank you so yes, much, Jonathan. Thank you, boys. Take a bow, Jonathan. Jonathan Hardy, everybody. Oh my God, he was so great. He'll make his wealthy almost as wealthy Anyways, as Neil Cavuto. I was um, going to say a couple things before you put your music on. There was the Lamont and small business. I guess we'll leave it for next time. So go ahead. Make um, that comment. No, I want to make we that comment. We have, we, we have a commercial with a smallest, supposedly, small business owner, and supposedly uh, Lamont not looking into what persuasion he is. Um, if no, he's Democrat he or Republican, you know what I mean. He never asked me if I'm Democrat or Republican. Yeah, sure. I have two friends, two, two friends that lost their business. Um, I'm not going to go further with that. Uh, fentanyl. They're teaching my children at school about uh, sexual persuasion, not about fentanyl. Children are dying. Or economics. Or economics, or how to sew a freaking button on a shirt. So, fentanyl, you need to talk to your kids about that. Great, we got some phone calls. Hey, Christine. Hey, Christine. Christine, go ahead, you're up. Hi, um, Jim, I'll address your question, then Jim, I'll address what you brought at the beginning of the show. Jim, where's this robust, robust robust economy? I can't get a job. I'm... I've gotten turned down from Target and Walmart of all places, and we're getting robbed blind by our government today. What's Biden talking about? So you say you'd say, Christine, based on your experience, it's not the most robust economy in the history of mankind. Of course not. He's lying to us, like they always do. Biden lie? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Oh boy, I'm getting carried away with common sense on that. How can you tell Joe Biden is lying, Christine? When he opens his mouth. There you go. I the I the answer. When your lips are moving. Do you have yeah. that song? When you yeah. uh, where's that song? When your lips are moving. Hi, Christine. I hope you're not offending by my comments. O- no, offended I, by my comments. <coughs> um, no, I that. No, um, actually, I sent you a link. I was on. Okay, Sunday I'll look it up. Yeah, I was on her TV show and um. By the way, all this pronoun stuff is based on non-binary, which is a delusion in itself. <laughs> well, that's what I was trying to explain to some people. Um, there, there, there's certain. I, I don't want to get into it. I don't want to offend anybody. I, I just don't want my children to be. I don't um, blame you. I call it like it's. I call it like I see it on all the shows. I call. Do it. you? Yeah. In fact, if you're going to go to a BOE meeting, let me know. I'll go with you, and I'll address it to them. Well, I, I would I, I would have you in my house and have you talk to my kids, actually. Um, 
I, I just don't like them to be approached out of nowhere um, by somebody that doesn't know that, what the hell they're talking about. And it's, and it's um, appropriate that you just played that soundbite by Pocahontas about education <laughs> not being good because it's their party that's causing this. They, they're not giving the kids an education where they could go out and get a job right away. They're not teaching them the tax code or how to be self-sufficient. You're stuffing them with CRT, Common Core, Mm-hmm. And gender ideology. Okay. All right. So, what is bromance? Do you know what a pronouns is? Um, bromance. Bromance. They were talking bromance? about. They were talking about uh, oh, Obama. Bromance. They were talking about Obama and um, what's his freaking name? Obama and Joe Biden. Jackass in the White House. Joe, <laughs> Obama and Joe Biden had a bromance. But apparently oh, they man. didn't, it turns they didn't, out. They didn't. Obama hated Biden. Mm. And well, actually he was thinking of replacing him with Hillary, correct? Wasn't that what the article yeah. said? Yeah, oh, yeah, he was. But if you want to read a fun book, it's uh, called Blood Feud. Um, it's about um, the uh, dispute between uh, the uh, Clintons and uh, Bidens. No, 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 no not Bidens. The, um, what's the other? Clintons. No, Clintons and what's... And the Obamas. Obamas. <laughs> wow, that should be interesting. It's 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 actually a fun read. Um, but yeah, I I just um my 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 daughter was really pissed off. Uh, wow. She was really pissed off. She she <laughs> she's got like I said, she's got hair down to her butt. She she's a girl girl, and yeah. um. She was asked if she's a boy or a girl. I oh, she was freaking pissed off. I don't blame her. And she's she's twelve years old. So um, anyways um, I don't know why these schools are trying to get involved like this. It's none of their. It, it's not their business. It's my business. My it my my business is they don't they don't <coughs> teach um they don't teach appropriate things anymore they they are they're stepping into our um they're stepping into our way um i'm looking at my um i'm looking at my picture over here my um the photographer that took the picture for the um books for the book he just passed away sorry i'm just getting oh, no. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Uh, the photographer for Jane's book who did the cover and the front cover and the back cover, very talented guy if you have Jane's book. Uh, the photography is beautiful. and also reshot your old photos that are on the inside. He did. So that they could be published. He passed away, I think, of prostate cancer. So you guys out there, get yourselves checked, please. Make um, sure you get blood tests. Yeah, he was he was great. Great guy. Anyways, the other thing is, um, I have a dog that's on the last leg. I have a cat that is on the last leg. And I'm trying to uh, figure out how to adopt a parrot. Because 
If wanna, anybody has a parrot out there, Jane wants wanna, to adopt it. I want I want to terrorize Jim. Good. If if you don't if you have a parrot you don't want to keep anymore, Jane would be more than willing to parrot you know, adopt for, a parrot. If I hear anyone else, I'll forward it to you, Jane. <laughs> Christine Christine, I'm sorry. I just get uh carried. We have away. one line still open. No, they're fine. They're fine. They no, they come to they stuff. they come to me. They come to me and trust me. I get on the phone immediately. Well, I mean, but other kids they're gonna expose gender ideology. It's not what I have. I have a medical disease. No one wants my damn life. Listen, I, I listen, this, listen. Nobody, listen. Kids. Nobody judges any. I I don't judge anybody. I I am I am. I'm, I would like to be your friend. I don't judge people. I just do not want to be uh, pushed on my kids, and oh, I, I don't want I don't want anybody suffering. How is that? Oh, I, I agree. That's why I speak out against this being taught in the schools. They're forcing it on kids. They shouldn't. They shouldn't force it on anybody. I and I, I I sympathize with everybody that has uh, whatever condition. Um, but you, you you know what I'm saying. You understand oh, yeah. this, what I'm saying. This is coming from the left. This is a, is a progressive uh, activist behind this, too, and the school system's everywhere. So, you know, Biden, Biden doesn't condemn this. Rachel Levine is complicit in this. Christine, uh, our, Biden yeah. likes to have children sitting on his legs, uh, uh, yeah. dipping in a pool, watching... <laughs> Uh, the water oh, dripping down his hair. Come on, these yeah, people are sick. Well, we got to vote them. We got to vote everyone else, or else the White House will be called the Kremlin on Pennsylvania Avenue. We don't oh, think about uh, it. you know who I was gonna brought up, bring up. Um, Christine, we're gonna hang up. I'm, I'm just gonna speak okay. a little bit. Morgan, but give you're, this call. You're the best. <laughs> Thanks. Have a good evening. Thanks, Christine. You too. Thanks, Christine. Take care. Take a bow, Christine. That's for okay. you. Morgan, both lines are open. You made a great point. Give us a but, call back. But I was going to, no, actually. 888-2101. 888-2101. Go ahead, Morgan. Give us a go, go ahead. But Dan. I was going to talk about Gorbachev. Oh, Gorbachev. Um, um, he probably didn't have the intention of, of breaking up the Soviet Union. Of, of breaking it up. Um, that's what everybody is saying. We don't know that. I'm not in his head. He was 91 years old. He just passed away. Um, but he... Um, what was it like living under was, communism when he was a premier? Because uh, you were under Russia's thumb. When was he there? I forget. Um, oh, you might have been gone by then. I was. I think you were gone by no, then. No, he was probably 86 to... Was 86. Because I was there in 86, remember? So, so you met him. So I went to the Soviet Union and talked to Russians uh, about perestroika and glasnost when I was there. And by the way, I told Jane, whenever I mentioned glasnost, they laughed. The, the person on the, the Russian on the street just laughed at me when I said the phrase was glasnost is real. They would laugh when I would say that. Do you know what we were wiping our asses with? Pravda, the newspaper Pravda, and Pravda means truth. The truth. And Glasnost means what, Jane? 
uh, I don't know. I, I don't remember it in English. Open it, but the perestroika is re rebuilding. Perestroika means rebuilding. So, um, so that's why they laughed when I said Glasnost is real. They didn't believe that there, there was going to be any openness in Russia. Um, well, did you see where they lived? Where did they live? Where who lived? All those Russians that you saw. Yeah, they lived in, 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 in run-down apartments. In a, in a garbage... Yeah, in, in garbage in apartments, little blo cinder block apartments. Yeah. But the yeah. housing was provided free by the government. Exactly. Free by the government that was taxing government the shit out housing. of you. Pardon my French. No, yeah, don't pardon my French. Pardon my Russian. Um, um, that was that was. Um, but anyways, blood feud would be a good read right now because there was um not a good blood between um, what's his name in the White House? Uh, Joe Biden and Barack Obama. Yeah, but the. Blood feud is between Clintons and Obama. Oh, blah, blah. Um, what are you sorry about, Morgan? Oh, Morgan had a great post. Morgan, yeah, but she call. said, I'm sorry about something. What did she, what I know? Don't be sorry. Um, um, didn't you have, um, didn't you say that you had a... You um, can't find her post. I keep looking for no, it. That's I, why you, you had, had a, long pauses in here. But... You had a book that I can't find. I had a book by Gorbachev called Perestroika. But you had a sign. You had it signed. Signed, yep, by Gorbachev. I had my KGB agent take it to Gorbachev at the Kremlin and get it signed for me. So it must be worth something, but we can't find the book. Uh, who cares what it's worth? I just can't find it. I'll oh, find, sure I'll find it. it. It was a great. It was very easy read if you want to pick it up and know what Russia was going through at the time when I was in the Soviet Union. WFSV paid the money to send me to Russia KGB to explain to the here. audience. KGB to, over here. To explain to the audience, yeah, who called me KGB? Timmy, right? No, Timmy used to call you KGB. Yes. KGB. KGB. Bullwinkle, and what was it? Bullwinkle and Natasha. Yeah. Natasha and Boris. Boris Badenov. You're Boris? Boris Badenov. Yeah, and you're Natasha. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm Jane. Anyways. Um. <laughs> anyway, if you want to pick it up, it's called Perestroika by Mikhail Gorbachev. Who just passed away. Yeah. It's actually um, an interesting book, his theory on why he felt uh, introducing capitalism. Here's my theory on this. Now, listen to me on this. I have to take the time to say this. You're always wrong. Go ahead. No, I'm not wrong on this. You're always wrong. Gorbachev tried to introduce a little bit of capitalism into into a communist country, and he was stunned that communism fell. There was that theory by, I think it was Lenin or Marx, or you call him Lenin. That's Lenin. 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 That's Lenin. 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 Okay. Can you say Lenin? Lenin. You can't. Okay. That's how you pronounce his name, Lenin. 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 Anyways, the theory that capital communism only worked if it was kept isolated from communism. Why do you have a model cat? Why are you showing the audience a model of your of a cat? Because that's what you're singing right now. He cannot freaking speak. Oh, thanks. That's all nice of you, dear. Yes, dear. Okay, maybe we should say goodbye then. Maybe you should.
Okay. One second and I'll play our closing theme. <laughs> back down. No, I won't back and down. And you always do when I get pissed off. And, you, and I won't back down. I'll always stand for a smaller, leaner, less intrusive government. Which we don't have right now with the liberals in charge. But eventually they'll be out. In fact, come this November, there'll be a red wave that'll sweep them all out of office. And as Tom Pesci said, it might even include Connecticut, this red wave. How great would that be? Maybe some Congress people will become Republican instead of all Democrats. Not John Larson, he won't lose. Rosa DeLauro won't lose either. Maybe Ned Lamont will lose, however. I'll tell you something. These communist tyrannical wannabes, he wouldn't give up his power, would he? He kept saying that there was a COVID emergency and he had to retain his emergency powers. These commie wannabes. Oh, no, they're not wannabes. They're commies. They are commies. Well, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it, everybody. We have to say goodbye now. We've come to the end of our podcast. Thanks for watching, guys. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Well, I won't back down. No, I won't back down. You can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. Gonna stand my ground. Won't be turned around. And I'll keep this world from dragging me down Gonna stand my ground And I won't back down Hey, baby There ain't no easy way out Hey, I will stand I won't back down.